Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. It is episode 110. It's March 27th, 2021. And uh, yeah, um, it's been a year since the pandemic. It's been seven months since I had my baby. And here I am finally catching up with you guys. Um, I was talking to you probably like in November, December. No, I don't know. So yeah, it feels like a whole different world. I ended up, we did sleep training pretty soon after I talked to you guys last when I was probably saying I wasn't getting any sleep and it was amazing. So now she sleeps through the night and now she takes four hours of naps during the day, but things seem to be changing rapidly because she's very interested in everything and wants to grab everything and then now is not really going to down to sleep as easily because she like wants to hang out with us or gets upset about going to sleep which I imagine will be a lifelong prod problem at least childhood long problem for us but it has been great for having some own some actual time to myself um, I am working part-time which means I have to work during her naps um, and a little bit after she goes to sleep but I am getting like knitting time in the evenings and I'm watching TV again in the evenings and it's been wonderful. Um, I like spending time with her, but it's so much nicer when you have regular naps breaks throughout, throughout the day instead of who knows, maybe she'll sleep sometime. So yes, yeah, so I've gotten um, a little bit of crafting in. It seemed like it wasn't enough to talk about, but yeah, just committing to making the time to record. So I have finished some things. Let's move into just actual knitting content. So what I've finished, I can't quite tell from my last notes what I had talked about, but I did finish out, finish the Pearl Soho Garter Stitch Ear Flap Hat for myself. Um, I used a Gnarled Paw DK weight yarn in a pink colorway, and I did have to rip out a, sh uh, a cowl I had made before, um, but I finished it. We were all wearing our hats for our Christmas photo, even though... Um, Lucas did Photoshop my hat to be red <laughs> instead of pink in the photo. So that um, turned out pretty well. And I used the large size, but now Lucas is saying that maybe his is a little small and Starling's is a little small too. So I might be making him a new bigger one sometime soon, even though I love the pattern. I'm getting a little tired of knitting it. I'd love to start something, do a different pattern. Sets so the Pearl Soho Garter Stitch Ear Flop Hat. I also made some mittens for Starling. I used the pattern Berry Patch Infant Mittens by Ellie Distachio. She didn't have very many patterns, I think, on Ravelry. They are free Ravelry download. Um, they use worsted weight yarn, so I used some scrap um, Cloudborn Reno Worsted Twist and a like bright Christmas red color. And so they, they're little baby mittens, so there's no thumbs. There's a little bit of ribbing, and then you knit the mitten. Actually, there's a little bit of color work with a little green around the wrist. And then it's a little red, like, pointed mitten. And then you go back, and with green near the color work sections, you pick up and you make little leaves. So it, So the berry, it's a strawberry. Did I say that? It's a strawberry. <laughs> and so you kind of have the little... I don't know what those are called on the top of the strawberry. It's not a leaf, but leaf, but like where the flower was. 
Oh, the pattern actually calls for kind of doing a little bit of embroidery with like just some straight lines of yellow to make the seeds in the strawberry. Um, I ended up just kind of doing some like kind of knots slash French knots, you know, like four on each side of each mitten, which is kind of the most annoying part of the whole pattern. But they are now a little bit small on her, so I don't know how much use they are, they got. And, you know, I got a slobbery baby. I mean, maybe most babies are slobbery. But she just, like, whenever she wears them, she just sucks on it. And so it doesn't really keep her hands warm because they're, like, just sopping wet. Like, you pull this wet mitten off of her hand afterwards. It's... <laughs> gross and then it gets like crusty afterwards um but they're adorable they're the berry patch infant mittens by ellie distachio free pattern on ravelry i just went through and i made um some other little baby mitts um using the baby mitts pattern by susan b anderson and i just upsized them a little bit because it's as written is like a zero six month so i tried to get it more of a six to twelve month so i just added two stitches in the ribbing and then like no I added four stitches in the ribbing and then I increased a little bit more so this is just a plain short ribbed cuff and then a stockinette uh, also scraps this was um, nerd girl yarns clever is the base it's a worsted weight base and the color is met him on the river and I think I got this yarn for like pre-ordering like midwestern knits a long time ago and in fact this is like the endless ball of yarn because I think I made three baby hats over the years, two Pearl Soho garter stitch ear flap hats out of it, plus like an aviatrix hat. And then I was able to use these leftovers for the mitts and I have like a yard leftover. So they're just plain stockinette, but they kind of have a cool, the yarn does kind of a cool pooling, like spiral pooling, um, flashing, I guess you might call that. Um, and so it looks pretty neat just for a quick little project. And that's Baby Mitts by Susan B. Anderson. That's another free pattern. It's, I guess it's on Ravelry as a download. I couldn't remember if it was just on her website. And it's kind of just been like all baby knits all the time over here. I did make something for our good friends who were having a baby. And they're having a little girl. She had mentioned liking little like baby dresses. Um, so I made um, Amber Lynn is the pattern by Tyga Hilliard. Um, who has tons of cute little baby dresses. And I used um, one skein of fingering weight yarn. It was the Pagewood Farms Chugiak in River Rock is the colorway, which is kind of a lavender and taupe variegated, but pretty, you know, all in the same kind of tones. So not too, not crazy variegated. Um, I made the six month size. Um, it called for a lot more yarn than I had, but I just kind of felt lucky because other people had used less. So I made it almost exactly as written, but I was like short two rows or something. You know, like I made it to the nine inches or 11 inches in length, and then I had just like six rows of garter instead of eight rows of garter or something like that. Um, so it's pretty happy. It's got a nice little like kind of graphic um, lace pattern down the front and kind of a little um, puff like waist it puffs out like, you know, around the waist, um, little princess cut, I guess. Not princess seams, but, you know, just a little puffy skirt. 
and I think it turned out really well. There's a little bit of po pooling in the f top part, um, but it it kind of goes away the rest of the time. Um, and I think it looks pretty good. It is a hot... Those skeins of yarn um, are pretty high yardage. So I think there's probably 450 yards in that skein. Um, I bought it from Campato Yarn Salon a long time ago, which used to be a local yarn store in Santa Monica. I used to go to like a like Wednesday knit night there like 15 years ago or something. And it's amazing just how cheap yarn used to be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, a $17... $17 hand-painted skein of yarn. It's pretty sweet. And it's a merino superwash yarn. So that looked pretty cute. It has little buttons on the back. I kind of just didn't really take very good photos. Just kind of put it on a hanger and took pictures. The recipients are allergic to cats. And so I didn't want to like fuss around with it. Like after blocking around it too much in the house. Like having, you know, putting it on Starling. I just thought it might get get cat dander in it. And as it was, I went to like block it and I just had the feeling. So I put a towel down over it while it was blocking. And then Paquito, my cat, like immediately laid on top of it. So, so I already gave that to them. They had their baby like three weeks ago, maybe. And so it'll, so it'll be a very long time before I see pictures of a baby in that, in that uh, dress. And then I finished up something for Starling. I used the Winter Duo Baby I think the pattern is like the winter duo baby romper and bloomers, but I just did, I did the romper version. The designer is Sandra Magalhes. Oh, I don't know why I even tried to do that. It's like a Portuguese name, um, like a Brazilian Portuguese name. I used, it's the six to nine month size. I'll link to it in the show notes in case you're looking for it. It starts as bloomers. Um, it uses... It looks like brioche, but it's actually like fisherman's ribs. So you would like knit into the stitch below, but it's basically the same. You get the same results as brioche. So it's two colors. Um, my main color is Long Dog Yarns Merino DK in um, Parisian Mist, which is a lavender color with some great blips of um, a darker purple and a, like a lighter orange and a cream, um, but just speckles. It's primarily lavender. So I used that as my main color and then I tried several different contrast colors and I had a lot of trouble finding one that looked just right. What I ended up using was um, Knit Picks Capra DK in the eggplant colorway, which is eggplant colored. So that's my contrast. So it stripes like, looks like brioche stripes. It has ribbing made out of the Parisian Mist lavender. You could stop it when you get to the end of the bloomers, but I ended up continuing up to make it like a little romper. So it has like a bib in front that's still that striping, brioche striping, and then it has little straps that go over. And it's super cute. Um, I had to do it like on size three needles, so I would not say it was quick. Somehow it took me months. Um, it didn't help that I had to rip rip it out at least once because I didn't like the colorway I had chosen. But yeah, and I think it's really cute. It's almost a little bit cuter, not on the baby, but um, it's cute on her too. Uh, I just um, put up some pictures of that in Ravelry. So that's the knitting I finished. And I'm not sure if I talked about it last time, but I did finish um, two like felt embroidery 
ornaments that I started and I finished them right before Christmas. So I used the 12 Days of Christmas patterns by M Crafts, which is Larissa. Um, she has these great um, whole series of these 12 Days of Christmas. And I know I talked about them last time. So I bought um, Wool Blend Felt on Etsy and I paid a lot of money for these patterns and I just decided to make for the first year the first day of Christmas I did a partridge for partridges in the pear tree so I made a partridge and a pear and it's done in a pretty cool way where you actually have to buy this like sulky stitch it's a stabilizer that you can print in your printer so you print the templates out on the stabilizer and then you like stick it onto the fabric onto the felt and then you cut around it and then you actually embroider right over the stabilizer because it has all the lines and everywhere you should embroider they're already like you know it's printed out on the stabilizer so you embroider it and then you dissolve the stabilizer in water and then you have to sew it all together and it was a little fiddly but it was super fun I have like tons of embroidery floss just from when I was a kid, oh, like 40 year old embroidery floss in my stash. And so that was helpful. Now the question is, will I make the second one in time for next Christmas? And I think I will. I had imagined that I would make sets for different people, like for Christmas this year, you get the partridge and the pear and the next year you get the turtle dove and, but I'm not going to have time for that. I just can feel it. So I made that one for Christmas. I'm going to count that as finished. Yeah, and I'll I kind of put it away, but I'll pick it back up before next Christmas. So what am I working on? What's my current fix? I am still working on Posy by Marzana Kolacek. Um, I'm using Invictus Yarns and the BFL base inconquerable soul and it's the knockers 2020 colorway which was dyed especially for the knockers 2020 retreat of course we did not end up going to that retreat because it got canceled and 2021 was canceled also which would have been next month so i only had two skeins of the yarn which is 800 yards and i somehow thought i would be able to do it maybe because i almost always use less yarn than people than the pattern calls for and I think it called for 900 yards, but I was like, I got this. So it's a fingering weight cropped cardigan, but it's loose. So it's not um, a tight one, but it is basically like just under the boobs. So I really can't like make it any shorter. It has um, the frost flowers lace motif at the bottom of the cardigan and just also over these shoulders. And it has a really cool construction to it and pretty complicated construction to it. Um, but it looks great. So I finished the body of it and now I have like barely any yarn for the sleeves. So I finally did pick up for one of the sleeves. It is a drop shoulder, but it's not drop shoulder enough <laughs> for me to get more than like three inches of sleeve or something. I need to buy more yarn, I think. I don't think there's any other option. I was trying to find somebody who could swap yarn with me. Um, not, yeah, either trade it or sell it to me or get me their leftovers. But the colorway Sue of Invictus Yarns, like she sold it on several different bases. So not like everybody from the retreat had the same base. 
So that kind of limits my pool. Um, I think she did offer to dye me some more, and I basically just feel bad about that. But I think that's probably what I'll have to do. Or I can contact a couple people on Ravelry. I, I also hate doing that. Like, I don't want people to feel obliged to sell it to me. But I got to do something because it's just sitting here and it's a little sad that I can't finish these sleeves. And a second color doesn't really make sense and shorter sleeves doesn't really make sense with this garment. So that's Posy by Marzana Kolacek. All right, about, I don't know, seven years ago, four, five years ago, the Yarniacs podcast, they did a little kind of knit along, um, like a breakout knit along in their group. And it was going to be for doing like an advent along so if you start at the beginning of the year and you make two items for like an advent calendar two every month then by the end of the year you'll have the 24 that you need for your advent back then i started the smitten advent garland and it's basically just a lot of like tiny little mittens that are all have like an i-cord loop on them and then you string them up and you have 24, 25, whatever, tiny little mittens. And so I did it the first month that January, I made two of these mittens and then I never made another one. (laughs) So I started again this year. So in January, I made two mittens and in February, I made two mittens and I'm currently have three, four days to make my two mittens for this month. So hopefully I do it or this is going to start a downward slide. <laughs> so that's the Smitten Advent Calendar, Smitten Advent Garland. And I'm using different worsted weight yarns, but I'm trying to keep them kind of consistent. So I'm using Cascade 220 and Nitpicks Wool of the Andes. You know, I, I don't want to start getting into like Malabrigo Rios because it's kind of a different style of worsted weight yarn. Uh, the designer is Emily Ivy, I-V-E-Y. So it's called Smitten, a holiday garland. <laughs> yeah, and now that I'm looking at it, it was for making it for Christmas 2015. <laughs> so yeah, eventually, eventually I'll finish it and maybe by December 2021. And then the only other thing that I'm currently working on um, is the Cadwin Bloomers. I have a coworker who had a baby, and so I'm making some bloomers. I'm using a koigu in a mustard color, and I think I don't even have the tags. It was a like a D stash at some point, and I realize I make almost everything in this mustard color. Like I recently was looking at my winter hats, and I had like a cowl and two hats, and like my bag that I was carrying them in were all this like mustard color, and I didn't even realize that was a thing. For me. Um, so anyway, I'm making these bloomers. The designer is Kelly Menzies. It's a six, six pound pattern, um, $8.67 in the US. And I think I got them free, like when they first came out. So it's a fingering weight pattern. Um, you do ribbing and then it's basically um, short rows for the butt a mix of like a pearl rose and then there's also kind of like this textured rose that almost looks like a braid but it's just you know like a pearl slip one pearl slip one kind of pattern so I'm a little bit the way into that but 
Hopefully it won't take too long. It calls for, you know, a little bit more than 50 grams of a fingering weight yarn. I didn't want to spend a ton of time on this pet on like a gift for this friend, this work friend, but I looked at a couple others that really like seemed like his style, but I just didn't quite have the right yarn. Okay, and that is my current fix. That's what I've been working on. So what I've been jonesing for. First thing is toys, as always. Um, it's the Pasture Pals is the pattern by Esther Braithwaite. And I've um, mentioned a few of her patterns before. She has some free ones, and they're all like variations on a theme. You basically knit a toy, like a little person or a little animal, but you knit it just like in a tube. And then afterwards, you like make some stitches down the line, down the bottom to make legs. And then kind of a few stitches on the side to kind of make little arms. And they all of them look like they're ha like hands tucked into pockets. Um, so it's like a very simple construction, but she has just some cute little variations on it. She has a few free ones that are just like little people wearing sweaters. Pasture Pals is um, like a horse and a cow, but they're anthropomorphized. They have like, they're wearing like jeans or overalls and they have like a little like kerchief around their neck. So I was so like smitten by these that I did buy the pattern and actually I bought the like like ebook so i have now i not only have the horse and the horse and the cow i also have a chicken a duck a pig a sheep and a farmer it's you know it's a toy so you can do it at however whatever gauge you want but um she does tell you like what size they'll be if you do fingering versus dk or worsted and i think the worsted is pretty big it's most likely that i'm gonna have the all of the colors in a fingering weight yarn, even though that just seems a little small, but I just don't have that much scraps of DK. So I'll probably do fingering weight. And I think the cow will be first. Starling's still like an infant or baby, but she seems to really enjoy cows and pigs when we do the noises. So maybe I'll do the cow first. And that's um, Pasture Pals by Esther Braithwaite. Um, I don't, I didn't remember how much they are, but they're pretty reasonable. I think I paid $8 for the whole ebook. Otherwise you can get them for like four bucks or something for a pair. And another thing I've been thinking about making is the Waste Yarn Scrunchie by Katerina Felina Rintorf. It's a free Ravelry download and um, it's just like you can use any waste yarn to make a scrunchie. So you just start it stockinette and then I think you just either do a three needle bind off or you graft it or something around a scrunchie so around a rubber band a hair band and I've as I've talked before I've a deep-seated hatred of scrunchies but being like now since I'm constantly pulling my hair back my hair is insanely long right now it's like down to my natural waist um, so I'm constantly pulling my hair back and having the baby pull at it. And I have a lot of breakage. So I was just thinking it'd be nice to have something that wasn't so like rigid as just a elastic hair elastic. So I'm kind of tempted. And of course the ones in the pattern, they do like fingering white yarn with silk mohair held together. And so they just look so cute and fluffy. So I do actually just need to find a good waist yarn and, and then I'll start just make one of those and see if I like it. 
And another pattern I did purchase is called Step Aside by Jennifer Beale, B-E-A-L-E. Um, and she makes really cool, like, elaborate Fair Isle patterns or stranded colorwork patterns and just pretty awesome patterns. And this pattern is, yeah, $10 Ravelry download. And I think I purchased it. She was doing a fundraiser for Fruity Knitting, Fruity Knitting Podcast, which is a podcast, um, a video podcast, which I used to watch, but I just don't have time to watch video podcasts anymore. But if you are like me and you used to watch it but haven't in a while, um, Andrew, the husband, has been having um, some seri- very serious health problems. And so they were asking for fundraising, for asking for donations, which I did also do. And then Jennifer Beale was featured on there and is a friend. And so she was giving all the proceeds for like a weekend to to their fund. This is a very cool Aaron Waite. It's a pullover, but I think it could be cardiganized. And it's top down with color work, but the color work is knit in the round and then you steak it. So it almost reminds me of the Baby Surprise Jacket by Elizabeth Zimmerman because you like, you know, knit in some crazy tube and then it turns out it's a sweater, you know, by folding some pieces together or something. So it's kind of like that, um, but it's got kind of graphic, like strong diagonal line color work. I don't know that I get to it right away. And it kind of reminds me of one of Lucas's cousin's wives, but I I don't know that I would just commit to making a sweater for her, which probably won't be in her style. They're like very hip, (laughs) but it's interesting and maybe I'll make it sometime. And I like the idea of it. It's very boxy in shape. And so I like the idea of it being a cardigan, like open, like almost like a jacket. So I think somebody did that. So maybe that's an option for me. So that's Step Aside by Jennifer Beal. And the other um, things that I've been jonesing for this week, by this week, I mean last three months. Um, One is called Air Guitar by Brella is the designer. It's $6.75 at the moment. This is like a baby wraparound sweater. Um, it's made out of air and weight yarn, but it has a color work like intarsia guitar over the front and all the way up the arm. So you can like hold it out. So you're like playing air guitar on the baby if you hold his hand. And I first saw it because um, my knitting friend, my local knitting friend, Mary Beth, made it for a baby. And it's so cute. It feels like too much work for me, but it's adorable. It's super cute. It would be a good idea. It would be a fun thing to make for like a musical parent. Um, So that's Air Guitar by Brella. Another baby item. God, all baby items. Another one is the Bubble Romper, which is um, by Mon Petit Violin. It's uh, $4.99. It's a crocheted onesie um, romper at a DK. And, you know, it's got bobbles all over it. Called the Bubble Romper, but it's all bobbly. And it has, you know, that little apron bib type front super cute and then the last one is the starshine cardigan by kitty winks knits it's four euros or about four dollars and 98 cents and that's a fingering weight cardigan with like a graphic color work yoke so it looks like there's like spokes of color work radiating down the yoke really cute um just other items i've been just i'm actually 
starting to wind down on making things for Sterling clothes wise, but I had all these other babies to make stuff for. So I was spending like a lot of time looking through <laughs> baby yarn patterns. So that is what I'm jonesing for more baby stuff, but hopefully be doing more knitting for me. So let's uh, just move on to uppers and downers. I kind of stopped keeping track of the things I was watching, but then again, like a couple weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? I'll start writing it down again. We watched WandaVision, which I really enjoyed um, on Disney Plus. The first few episodes, it kind of takes, you have to kind of persevere through them. I mean, I do like vintage television, but, you know, just because something is reminiscent of vintage television doesn't necessarily make it interesting. <laughs> so I kind of have to sit through those first few episodes to kind of get to the Marvel side of it. I watched um, season three of The Sinner, which is the uh, Matthew Boner, Bonner. Bomber. Why does it seem so weird once you say it out loud? Matthew Bomber? 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 Mm. Um, I used to really like him on White Collar, um, but he's very good at being kind of a creepy person in the center. It's a bit of a frustrating season because people make a lot of bad choices, but it's interesting enough. It's on Netflix. I watched To All the Boys I've Loved, the third part of it for Always and Ever. I don't know. I ha haven't read those books, but I do enjoy the other movies that are on Netflix. Um, very cute, kind of romantic high school romance and I always love an Asian protagonist or a half Asian protagonist like me. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog on Amazon um, mostly because my co-worker's husband wrote it and I was just curious. I was a diehard Sonic the Hedgehog game player when I was young but on Sega but that's not why I wanted to watch the movie. Um, it wasn't terrible. It was kind of cute. Um, it doesn't have that much to do with the movie or the game or anything but you know family friendly oh, we finally fi finished um rami season one which is uh it's a show on hulu i was gonna say it's a sitcom but it's not a sitcom at all but it's really interesting um funny too i think uh, it's uh they're all short I w that's why i want to call it a sitcom because i think they're like 30 minute episodes rami is he's like egyptian his family's from Egypt, but he's, you know, like just kind of a young guy who's kind of trying to figure out his faith and dating and like lives in New Jersey. And it's funny and like emotional and it's really good. I don't know why it took us a whole, a long time to finish it. And we just started season two. I've got back to watching Veep um, on HBO. It's couldn't remember where I had ended a number of years ago, so I just started on season four, and I think I'd already watched it. It felt like repeats. So I finished season four. It's pretty recent, but it already feels pretty, like, risque in terms of, like, if that would be allowed now. I mean, it's very disrespectful to everybody. Um, it's kind of an equal opportunity hater, um, just talking shit about everything. Everything and everybody. I just love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She's so funny. I uh, watched Hustlers, um, the Jennifer Lopez and Constant Woo like stripper movie where they're like stealing money from clients. 
I enjoyed it. It was kind of interesting, fun to see Constance Wu in like a different type of role than her like fresh off the boat character. And yeah, it was an enjoyable evening. Okay, guys, it has literally been over three weeks. It's been almost a month since I recorded the first half of the episode. And I like haven't been alone in over three weeks. This is how it goes. We're like, I'm home. But so is Lucas and Starling, and I feel uncomfortable recording when um, Lucas is in the house. So this is how long it took, basically, for me to come back to this. So I'm just going to finish up about Frozen Downers, even though I have done more crafting since the last time I talked to you. But if I talk about that, I'll have nothing to talk about in the next episode. <laughs> so let's see. I watched Infernal Affairs, which was a Hong Kong movie from a number of years ago that is actually the basis of, in, shoot, I can't remember what, the, the Scorsese movie with Matt Damon and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, um, I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was the version, the, like, three-hour version, four-hour version, oof, that um, was like the director's cut of Justice League, and it came out on HBO um, Max. And we kind of recently watched the first, the original Justice League, you know, and didn't really like it. I mean, it's a real mess. I mean, it's not a chore to watch it necessarily, but it's just not, I don't think it's that good. Um, so I was hard to imagine that adding more footage actually helps. And... I don't know. My coworker liked it better, but I ultimately just kind of was talking over it a lot. It just seemed pretty ridiculous. And I don't know that it added anything. It did change the tone a bit. So I can't say that it was that much. It wasn't worse, but it wasn't like so much better that it warranted doing this. Um, and I am curious about how much they spent to like remake to do all these new shots. I mean, like, or did they are had already finished all of it and it's just an editing i don't know lots of questions about Zack snyder's justice league um you know if you're curious it is interesting from like i'm not i'm not a filmmaker by any means but it is interesting to think about what shots how different editing and different shots do change the tone like how much is changed by little differences and then kind of comparing the two so it is an interesting exercise so I don't regret it, but it was a long movie. I mean, we broke it up at least two nights. I watched The Invisible Man, which was the the recent one with Elizabeth Moss. Is that her name? Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men, which was pretty fun. Not fun. It's like a horror movie. But, you know, it basically starts by wondering, like, is she crazy or is she just being gaslighted? But then ultimately it turns into just kind of a violent horror movie. But not bad. I kind of watched it while doing other things. One thing I would really recommend is this um, show on HBO called How To with John Wilson. They're about 30 minutes long and there's only like six episodes. He's a filmmaker, like a documentary filmmaker, and he just filmed a whole lot of footage in New York. And they're all kind of set around a theme like how to put up scaffolding. And it's kind of starts talking about scaffolding in New York, but then it kind of goes off in another tangent and he uses you know, kind of fun footage that he's filmed to kind of illustrate points he's trying to make. 
And it's it's pretty interesting. And there's one that was a real surprise, like episode four, maybe. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. But it's pretty funny, a little bit somber feeling, but it's good. It's really recent. I mean, it, I think the very last episode makes its way into, um, you know, the pandemic. I finally caught up with the Great British Baking Show, or Bake Off, however. So I watched the most recent version on Netflix episode, like Collection 8, maybe, whatever came out in 2020. It just took a long time because Lucas wants to watch them with me, but isn't always in the mood to watch it. So I have to kind of, like, keep bringing it up. And then eventually he'll get really into it and we'll get to watch the whole season. But others I have to wait <laughs> for him. <laughs> we watch Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO. A lot of things are on HBO. I use, um, my parents have an HBO account, but I think that that would be one I would pay for on my own. So Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm glad I didn't pay to see it in the theater. We're kind of torn because like most action movies, like even though I love superhero movies and I talk about superhero mo movies a lot, I don't really love action scenes. <laughs> so usually when once like the big fight scene comes on, I just kind of turn away and stopped caring and we are discussing like is Godzilla versus a Kong versus Kong like these are the kind of movie where I'm only interested in the action scenes and I don't really need all this exposition but while we were watching it we're like is that even true like is this what do we really want to watch this anyway <laughs> and I did hear a review where they're saying like thankfully they don't even try to do a big storyline for this like so you can just Enjoy, not enjoy it but like just you don't have to worry about what's going on you just watch it and so part of that's kind of interesting I wonder maybe if you like big action movies big monster movies um this would be a little bit more your speed um I don't mind watching it but it, I wouldn't have probably paid to see it I'm watching some animated stuff, mostly for Lucas's work, but um, we watched Solar Opposite Season 2 on Hulu, which is the episode season that he worked on, and I enjoyed it, And, but you know, if you like that kind of thing, kind of raunchy cartoons, that's on Hulu, and then we also finally watched the Rick and Morty Season 4, which is currently on HBO Max, and it was on TV, like Cartoon Network, but we don't have cable, so we weren't able to watch it till now. And so we were kind of just catching up. Lucas is going to be working on the next season that they're doing now. And, and the other new thing, which is another HBO show, I'm on a roll, is Q Into the Storm. It's a, I think, six-part documentary series about um, QAnon, like, trying to figure out who the founders of it, and kind of going, kind of doing a deep dive into the history of QAnon. And it, you know follows the filmmaker definitely like like spends a lot of time with the two the father son that own and run 8chan now like 8coon or something so that's like the message board where Q posts his posts his or her posts and like you know the kind of getting to implicating the two of like that they're involved in who Q is and it was really interesting. And it was one of those things where I couldn't even knit because there's just like so much information happening. And I've been tired, so I wasn't just totally knitting focused. But I would just like lay there, sit there on the couch, just like staring. If you are at all interested in QAnon, I mean, 
in just like the psychology of it, not interested in QAnon. Um, I would watch it. It's so, it's so super fascinating. And I haven't really been doing a deep dive into that at all. Um, six hours is a long time. So if you're like, not really just a little bit interested, I would probably skip it because it's a lot of time to spend on that. So that's QAnon into the storm. I read a couple books, actually. What really changed it for me was like find, realizing that I can read the Kindle like so much easier than I can hold a book in my hand somehow, like at least like, so I was just decided to read a book while nursing Starling instead of reading the news on my phone or looking at Instagram. And so I was able to read The Storyteller's Secret by Sijal Badani that came out in 2018. And I, it's kind of funny because it was something that it was just on my Kindle. So I think it was probably like an Amazon first reads or something. So I just wanted something to read. And so I was just looking over at my Kindle and I just chose it. I just clicked on it and I had no idea what it was about. And I just started reading as if, yeah, just with no, no knowledge. Like, is this a mystery? (laughs) Is it history? I don't know. I had no idea. And it helped that it was a little bit short. But it's about a woman who has had, like, Indian-American woman who had, like, some miscarriages and just goes to clean out her mother's, her grandfather's house in India. And there's, like, you know, family secrets that the mother had been keeping or that the grandparents had been keeping. And she's just kind of learning about her family, but then also dealing with her own grief and her failing marriage. It's a, it was a little like, I don't know, a little simple feeling, like a little saccharine, like it, there wasn't much to it. Like you can kind of guess what the big secret is, but you know, like that's how I imagine Eat, Pray, Love is, even though I've never read that. So maybe that, maybe that book is great and I'm just not really giving it a chance. So this was easy, easy read, felt like a quick one and enjoyable. And then I've been wanting to read for a long time The Stand by Stephen King. So I bought The Stand on Kindle. And then while reading it, it was like, the introduction is like, here's what you're holding. It's not the original release, but the one with 400 extra pages about, you know, a deeper dive into some of the characters. So I was a little nervous that I didn't know what I was getting into. But it turns out that you can read a 1300 page book in three weeks if you only... If you just really stick to it and just read it, even just while nursing, you know, five times a day, I was able to read this book in three weeks. And what helps is it's such a page turner. It's like, cause I, since I finished that book, I keep trying to find something and I have like gravity's rainbow on my Kindle. So I was like, I'll start that and I'll clip through it. Like I did with the stand and I haven't made it like 10 pages in. So it has to be an engrossing book. (laughs) And then the stand, if you don't know, know if it's from the 80s kind of classic Stephen King about um, a cold that's like a military biological weapon that gets accidentally released and then it kills almost everybody and so there's just like random people who somehow did not get sick and they're kind of banding together um, and then they are having visions of this cornfield and like Um, this little old lady, you know, the oldest lady, hundred year old lady, who's gonna 
like kind of set them up against like the bad man. So it ends up becoming a good and evil battle, good against evil, but it's kind of about learning about these characters and their, and their, their paths and stuff. I mean, maybe you read it 30 years ago. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And then it was done and I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's done. <laughs> like it, I don't know that it like gave me any insights into anything given that we're here in our pandemic, but I'm certainly glad that our pandemic, as awful as it was, and you know, as you know, tragic for many of us, many people, at least like 98% of the population didn't get killed. So that was it. I read books. I read two books. I haven't read any books in the last three weeks, though. I got back on reading news and Instagram. But sometime soon, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll get back. <sighs> so I'm just going to call that there. I probably even repeated some. I'll have to edit those out. I have missed talking to you guys, and I'll try to come back with an episode sooner, in just like a few weeks, um, ideally. So I hope you guys are doing well out there staying safe getting vaccinated and you know hopefully we'll be doing things in person soon i think it's gonna happen <sighs> and may or may maybe or maybe not i'll start podcasting on a regular basis again thank you for sticking with me or at least listening when it randomly pops up i appreciate it miss you guys if you want to find the show notes they're at skeinenable.com you can find me on Ravelry if you're able to go to Ravelry as No Dice. And then I'm on Instagram as No Dice 11. There is a group in Ravelry. You can search for the Skein Enable podcast group. And, you know, it hasn't had any activity in quite a while because I haven't had activity, but come and join us. Come and chat. I'd love to hear from you. And have a great time, whatever you're doing. And I hope to see you soon. And I hope to talk to you on the internet somewhere. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.